Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. episode 100 and I'm rolling. Oh, okay, thank you. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary. It is. I don't do milestones, I don't. Oh my God, okay, so, holy wow. I don't, This don't is our it? 100th episode, 100, why is since that? we started yes, why this. Why is it any different? See, All right, I think happy 100th, Curse. Happy 100th, uh, Chanel, yes, thank you. Thank you, yep. thank you so oh, much. Right. You're you're I'm being, being excluded. So let me tell you about the chat that happened right before this. So cursed, as we all know, we put these episodes together like in a group. We do yes. a fair few episodes at the one time, and Curse said, "Hey, how many episodes are we doing? Because we're at ninety eight, ninety nine. They're going to do a hundred. Because Curse was rightly inquiring if we want to do something different? special for a hundred. It's not any different. And, I forget oh. birthdays. I forget everything. I don't like going to birthday parties. You I, are a real Scrooge at the moment. Like I you're a real bar humbug about everything. But Wet I don't blanket get it. vibes. Yeah. But why mm. does there need to be like a marking of the day? I don't understand it. I think it's got something to do. You know, with... I do a birthday week. Like when it's my birthday, I am telling everyone. It's, and I tell <laughs> a people, festival. it is my birthday. A whole thing, and I go to dark. work. So that people know it's my birthday. Like, I don't take the day out. Like, I am telling people. I don't get it. It must, be, it must be something wrong with me. And this is interesting because I've got a friend whose son, so he's in his 30s now, who um, doesn't have a concept of time. Have I mentioned this before? No. It's, it's, a, it's a disorder of some sort where if you say to him, can you wait there? I'll be back in an hour. If I said that to you, you yeah. would sit there and you would roughly know when it got to like 50 minutes, you'd be yeah. going, okay, you, you roughly know. He hasn't got that sense right. of where you roughly know. So if you say to him, I'll meet you here in five minutes, he'll sit there for 10 hours right. thinking that's five minutes. He doesn't okay. have a concept of time. But I so I see everything linear. It's just all one big long line. And I don't like to have you go, bang, there's a line, that's 100 this because I'm already on to, to live. This I've is already terrible. moved on to the next thing. No. It is terrible. And what it means is that, like if I go to any – wherever I am, I'm already thinking of the next thing. Like I right now am thinking about my lunch because – What are you thinking about it? Well, I'm trying to think what I'm going to have and I'm pretty sure I bought some pastrami yesterday. What do you mean? That means that you never live in the moment. Yes. And it's bad. I'm not saying it's good or fun. I'm not making it out to be this something good. This is very New South Wales of you. Is it, is it? Oh, New South Wales is just so – everyone needs to be somewhere where they're not right now and everyone's really yeah. fast-paced and fast-moving. In a rush. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In a rush. That's right, Kirst. Slow well, down. Smell the roses, Dee Yeah, why don't you Episode 100. Then? Okay, so let me just clarify I could walk out that bit. door and get hit by a bus. You never see me again. No, it's and not And you're that. thinking about lunch. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm always thinking about food, so let's take that out of the equation. You know, That's just a bad side example. Note, my, whenever Nicholas and I wake up in the morning, five out of seven days a week, I say to him, what do you want to have for dinner? And he yeah. gets mad. He's like, I've just opened my eyes and you were already asking me yeah, what we want to eat Yeah, but you need to think about it. You I, need to, I need to plan. Out of the yeah, correct. I need yeah, to plan no, ahead. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, um, so no, well... It's more that I always want to be home. So this is why lockdown same. has actually not been bad for me. Oh, same. Because I always want to be same, home. Same, same, same. 
Yeah, so maybe there's a bit of that. But I don't know why I don't – I forget birthdays. I forget my own birthday. I don't oh, know how yeah, long yeah. I've been I, married I'm for. terrible. I don't know when I got married. I don't know any you don't of know it. You know when you got married? No. You don't know the year? No. Does Kieran? Well, I asked him once. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was a bit vague once. on the details. There's You're a, like the best wife ever because he there, never has to remember no, your anniversary. Never, no, never. There is a box somewhere that's got it in it. So I can look, look it up, it up if one I need day. to. Let I us know. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's, a while. it's, it's our plus, 100th episode and I think that's a fabulous achievement. Yes. Well done, us. Yeah, we didn't know where this shit was going when we started. No, and we lasted <laughs> this long. And people, we, we love you. Can we say thank you to the people who listen to us? Yes. And every single comment on Facebook or And the people email, that get us. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like the people... Yes. Like, because there are people that are haters, and they go, yep. "These two, fucking don't tell me what's on the, the iTunes. I don't want to hear it." Yeah, the iTunes reviews never There's going on there. Lots of Karens on there. Um, <laughs> so there is. There is. Um, but the, but I feel like the people that listen to the three of us really get us, and yes. that makes me feel lovely. Exactly. Yeah, and I love when people tweet me about my news stories, but then they add in a reference oh, to the podcast, yes. and Isn't you can tell best? that they watch the yes. news or listen to the, re- the radio program, and they listen to the podcast. Yes. I love it. It's very I love that. It's I very that. sweet. So thank you for sticking with us, if yeah. you have, or if you've gone. Where and are I love you? that people would this. listen to the radio program <laughs> and they would watch me on the news and they would know that that is not who we are. No. <laughs> I referred the other day to the fact that I would, the, the subject of swearing came up and yeah. I confessed on air that I do swear, swear a, bit. a bit. Yeah. And I'm sure largely the audience went, oh, but yeah. others were just nodding. Yeah. yeah. We've heard it. My we've boss heard knows. It. Like someone who spoke to my boss ended up talking about me mm-hmm. and he had said to that person, oh, she's always carrying on swearing her head off and doing all sorts of things. And I thought <laughs> they said they told me that. And I was like, oh, oh is that bad? That's you. thinks that, but that is That's me. your reputation. I haven't offered you a cup of tea. No, I'm fine. Me? I'm fabulous. Sure? Some yeah. water? No, I'm great. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, this one, we are in Canada. Canada. We're, and it's 1946, the day before my birthday. There you are. Even, I know you can my remember one is. milestone. Fabulous for you. <laughs> Saturday, March the 17th. What about 17th, your kids' birthdays? 16th. Uh, well, I'm oh, good with, nice. I'm okay with Bailey's <laughs> because he was, so I'm, I'm March the 17th. He's September 17th. So that's the only reason you remember because the number's <laughs> the same. The number's the same. And it's exactly six months from okay. my birthday to the day. Yep. And it's also the day that, so Grubby, who you know, and Chris, yes. of course, knows, where I worked with him on air forever. He was like my radio partner. Yeah. His birthday is September the 17th. Okay. And, and you, but you have also another child. our mm. previous producer, when we were at the last radio station, her nieces were born on September yeah. 17th. Okay. So, so much happened on that day. That you remember. Oh. No, I was going to say I got married on September, but I don't think that's right. What about your other child's birthday? Mm, well, so Bonnie's, yep. she was the first baby and she was due on June the 20th, yes. 1995. Okay. And for 10 months, yes. I walked around telling people and it was spoken, I was on air the whole time and it yep. became this huge thing that was out of control. And... June the 20th, June the 20th, when are you due? June the 20th. It just yep. was this, do, 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 do. I would tell everyone the so date. So now you always think her birthday is June the 20th, don't you? And the, yep. And then yeah. she was 10 days overdue or slightly more. She was born on July the, 
my God, did you see my eyes? I felt them doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, better get it right. Uh, She's, you're like she, trying to count in your head. Oh, she was born on July the 6th. Okay. Are but, you sure? But I, it's not June the 20th. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to move her birthday so that I can remember it. And here's complicating it. Kieran's birthday is June the 21st. I don't know. I just remember that one. But yeah, I've got a little moment. There's okay. a, a hesitation when I do hers. Okay. Okay. Saturday, March the 16th, the day before my birthday, 1946, a group of children were playing in an area called um, called the Mountain in Hamilton, which is in, in Ontario. Mm-hmm. It was a really steep slope covered with trees and part the way down, they found the body of a headless pig. What? When I say headless pig, I mean body, but, but we'll just pretend we're the kids for the Very moment. Very hard think to decapitate a pig. Yeah, they've got thick necks, haven't they? <laughs> yes. So the police that's were called. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. how – that's – So, wait, it was a pig's uh, head or it was the body of a pig? No, it was the body. Okay. It was the body. Oh, no kids head. don't know. They're just seeing pink skin and thinking it's a pig. It must yeah. be a pig. Okay, so they called the police and the police, of course, then didn't fall for the old pig thing. They oh, knew that it was um, a I torso. I fell for it. Something no, far more sinister. No, no, it's a man. It's a torso of a man. Okay. Uh, and it was a man How offensive called... that the kids thought you were a pig. Pig. Yeah, but bodies bloat when they... Well, I know, still. Anyway. Uh, a man named John Dick. Well, because it was a torso, it didn't... If it had arms and legs, the kids would know that was human, but they just assumed that this stumpy... Yeah, oh, it was a just torso. Was a, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so, John Dick, it's the man, John Dick. Yeah. Uh, he worked as a conductor on the Hamilton Street Railway and his um, the arms and legs were never found and there was oh. a deep wound on the midsection of the torso. They had identified him really quickly because his cousin, Alexander Camera, mm-hmm. had, um, which is not spelt like a camera, yeah. I can't do a camera noise. Very interesting camera noise. K-A-M-M-E-R-E-R. He had reported Jonathan Dick missing 10 days earlier and he'd been living with him. So Jonathan Dick's wife was very beautiful. She was a woman named Evelyn Dick. She was just 26 years old. I'll just tell you a little bit about Evelyn. She was born in 1920 and a year after she was born, her parents... Donald and Alexandra McLean moved to Rosslyn Avenue Avenue in Hamilton. Her dad worked for the railway as a streetcar conductor. Evelyn didn't have a very happy childhood. Her dad was a bit of a nasty drunk and her mum had a terrible temper and they fought all the time and they separated all the time and they'd get back together. And Evelyn didn't have many friends when she was young. She um, A bit of that was because her parents wouldn't let her go out and play with kids in the neighbourhood. They said she was too fragile and I'm not quite sure what they meant by that. There were some rumours that her dad was skimming a bit of money from the railroad company mm-hmm. because they were living beyond their means. And this couple, uh, the, the mum and dad wanted Evelyn to be part of the finer circles in town. Okay. So they would host these parties for her and throw money around. And rumours started to spread about Evelyn. She was very beautiful. She had expensive jewellery and furs and she was seeing a few older men. So reading between the lines, she probably was had a few sugar daddies. Okay. In 1942, Evelyn gave birth to a daughter, which of course town all gossiped about. Um, She told everyone that the father was a man named White, that she had married and that he was stationed overseas because we're in the war years then, aren't we? Um, 
but some years later they checked military records and it was found that he never actually existed. So we don't know who the father of that first child was. Um, Evelyn called the little girl Heather um, and Heather had special needs. She needed constant care. The following year, Evelyn gave birth to another baby, but that baby was stillborn. And then on September the 5th, 1944, she had a baby boy. And the little boy was called Peter David White. But again, no one knew who the fathers of any of the babies were. On uh, In June of 1945, so a year after, uh, no, six months after that birth, mm-hmm. Evelyn's mother had separated from her father. So Evelyn and her mother moved into an apartment in Hamilton. A few weeks after they moved in, Evelyn told her mum that she was going to marry John Dick. But the mother had never heard of this John Dick. Um, Evelyn did marry him, but it didn't go well. And what a gossipy town. They they were gossiping again, saying that she was seeing a lot of guys behind John Dick's back. Mm -hmm. Don't want to get that sentence mixed up. John, calling John back. Dick. John. (laughs) It's obvious I'm overtired, isn't it? Okay, so Time magazine reported later that just five days after she married John Dick, she Mm -hmm. committed adultery. So she and John separated very quickly. It just was not working out. So anyway, let's go back to the torso. We know the torso is John Dick. Evelyn Dick was questioned about what had happened to John and she said, don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. Oh. Instead, she told them that she thought that John must have been having an affair and that a jealous husband must have killed him. But the cops weren't buying that right? because the evidence was starting to pile up. So around that same time that John had gone missing, Evelyn had borrowed a Packard car from a man named Bill Landig. And when she gave it back, there was some blood on the front seat. Oh, for Christ. (laughs) The seat covers were missing and there was bloody clothing in the back. The seat covers were missing. Evelyn left him a note in the car saying that her baby girl had cut herself and made the mess. But the cops tested the blood and it was the same blood type as John's. So they asked Evelyn about it and she told them that a mysterious man had called her and told her that John had made a woman pregnant and that he was getting what was coming to him. And she said that the man asked to meet her so that he could borrow a car. She said that she had met the man and the man had a large sack with him. Oh, God. And the man told her that it contained part of John and she then admitted to driving the man to where they dumped the body to where the kids found it. So they searched her backyard and they found bits of human bones mixed with some ash from the fire. And in the attic of Evelyn's home, they found the body of a baby boy. What? It was in a trunk filled with concrete. That baby was identified as Evelyn's own son, Peter. So they charged Evelyn with the murder of her husband and her son, but she was still denying everything. When they asked her if she was shocked about uh, John's death, she still denied it. And they said that her responses and her demeanour were quite inappropriate. The psychiatrists who examined her found her to be on the borderline between having a dull normal and, their words, not mine, moron-like intelligence. Moron-like. And the mental capacity of a 13-year-old girl. Wow. Which was interesting because the people who knew her said that she was extremely intelligent and manipulative. So it seems to me that she, when she was, when they were examining her, Mm. 
she was pretending to be okay. not all with so it. So dumbed it down. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Linhart. You're welcome. As you were. Uh, <laughs> later, later uh, Evelyn changed her story again. She then said that her husband had been killed by one of her lovers, a man called Bill Bohozuk, and her father. She's now putting a father in on it, Donald hmm. McLean. So she showed police where John Dick had been shot in the head on a muddy road near Glanford, which is south of Hamilton. Her mother said that she had seen... So the mother's jumping in with her and going along okay. with that story and saying that they had seen this uh, the dad, who she separated from, with the trunk that the baby was seen in right. the day before and that he had told her to get the hell out of the room. So Evelyn's story at this stage became that this Bill... Bohozak, who she had been seeing, yes, uh, had murdered the baby right in cahoots with her father. Okay, uh, and that uh, and the dad's bloodstained shoes were found at the house. So, <laughs> the police charged Evelyn Dick and Bill Bohozuk and the father Donald McLean with the murder of John Dick. So the case went to court in October 1946. They called Evelyn Hamilton's black widow. The case got a lot of attention. There were crowds outside the court. It went on for nine days. The jury retired. They took less than two hours to return their verdict. Guilty. Evelyn was sentenced to death, um, although they, they did think it was likely that she hadn't killed her husband, John, with her own hands, but she was guilty by taking part in and planning it. On appeal, the verdict was overturned. It was ruled that Evelyn's statements to the police were improperly admitted into evidence oh. and that the trial judge, judge had not uh, properly instructed the jury. So she was tried again and found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to life. Bill Bohazak was cleared because Evelyn refused to give evidence against him and her father was convicted of being an accessory to the murder and he was jailed for five years. So Evelyn only served 11 years. She was released in 1958. Um, it was believed that because she'd been moving in those social circles and seeing and yes. sugar daddies and stuff, it was thought that somebody in high places got her out a bit early. Mm. And when she was out, she disappeared. So the theory is that she married a rich man and moved to Canada's West Coast under a new identity where she lived uh, her life out without anybody knowing, who knowing she her was. past. So that meant that no one was ever convicted for the murder of John Dick. I think they were all only... Yeah, no, not for his murder. Hang on, no, she, she, that was for his murder. Or was it for the baby? I'm confused by my own story. And I don't have the mental capacity to <laughs> sort it out. I feel like it, back in those days, I'd off people. Well, it would so have been easy. Easier. Yeah, because you couldn't get traced. No, so no. easy. Yeah. No. Just um, to get rid of people. But how yeah. would you do it? You just in shoot those days, em. yeah, I reckon shoot them. Yeah, you just shoot. <laughs> just you just you shoot. Just shoot. Where you get a gun from? <laughs> no, I don't know. You'd find some bloody swashbuckler to buy a gun off. What do you want? A ship, pirate ship? I don't know. You'd find someone to sell you a gun. Mm, maybe yes or no. Okay. 
You can just do that as Are it you going to live a normal life back in those days? I reckon I would. Need... I think just law-abiding citizen, just be pretty basic and dull. and just. You're going to be law-abiding? I reckon. No, I would... I would totally be doing what Evelyn did. I would be oh, like gosh. going to dances where yeah. he goes, where shall I go? What shall I do? Oh, I'm handing you. Yes. Terrible man. Let me just put a little powder on my nose. Yeah. Take me <laughs> and then I'd stab people. Yep. Jesus. How much money have you got? Where do you keep the scare? Where, where's the spare key? Oh, you've got a wife? Okay, that's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. And then she's dead. That's right. And yeah. then I move in and take her for yeah. everything. Okay. Okay. So, we're in January uh, of 1944. Ooh. I don't think you can kill people that well in 1944. People are going to try. We just did 1944 and you were saying it was okay. We were in 1942. Maybe we need to go back a little bit earlier. Do you reckon? To when you can. I don't think killing has ever been okay. No, it's never been okay, but I'm talking about your chances of getting away with it. Oh, right, okay. Much higher back then. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. I never meant it was okay. I just meant like the temptation, if you knew how hard it was going to be now, would the temptation be greater back then? Well, I think Just back to off then, people you didn't like. Because they used to have like, you know, 20 babies at a time. Yeah. I think the human life was not as valued. They just go, oh, darn it, that one's died. Let's have another one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, stick that in the pit with the other one. Yeah. Okay, that's how, got, yeah. They, they kind of had a different attitude to death, didn't they? Yeah. It was more accepted and everywhere. Ferdinand James Kennett lived in uh, Central Avenue in Footscray. Footscray. He was 35 and a plasterer and he lived with his wife and baby son at the home of his wife's mother. (sighs) Living with your in-laws. Not good. Done it. I won't go into detail. Terrible. You could not pay me. No amount of money. Like How long did million... you do it for, Dee Dee? Um, gosh, it felt like <laughs> seven or eight years. In but it their was probably house? only, yep. Oh, oh they And it's the women. She did not want me in her yeah. house. That was her house. Yeah, she did not I want believe me there. it. She accused me of stealing her Tupperware. Of course. She, I came home one day. She had pulled all the drawers and cupboards. <laughs> Everything was open. Yeah. All the stuff was all over the kitchen floor. What had and you she, supposedly and stolen? And she didn't directly accuse me. Oh, she said, missing. Yep. She said, I can't find – there's a particular pot. I can't find it. And I went into the bedroom where we had all our stuff stacked because yeah. we were between houses. Um, and in a basket, I had the exact same set of plastic storage yeah. containers. Yeah. She had obviously seen my one oh, and God. thought that I had taken hers. Yeah, okay. And she was try- that was just one of the things that happened. See? Yep. Could not pay me. Yep. No chance. Okay. Uh, so, yes, living with his wife's mother, Annie Luke, who was 63. Mm. Ferdinand had taken an axe to his mother-in-law, Annie, and eight-month-old baby John. He had hit them both in the head, and the baby died a few hours later. Annie lived for a week before she died. See, even mother-in-laws, they just keep living. Ferdinand appeared before Mr. Justice Martin in the criminal court on two charges of manslaughter. Apparently, he had been at a party the night before. Everyone at the party had been drinking home-brewed beer. Oh, lovely. Incredibly strong. Yeah. But Ferdinand became convinced that his wife had been drinking whiskey given to her by another man. What was the difference if she had whiskey? I don't know. The morning after the party, he was still drunk when he tried to kill his wife and his mother was hit with the axe when she jumped in to protect her daughter. Right. The baby was caught in the middle. Oh. Mm. 
Ferdinand was found guilty and he was jailed for eight years. Mm. Now we have a message from Erin. Excuse me? What? The mother-in-law and the baby died and he got eight years? Yeah. That's not enough. It's not a lot, is it? I watched Step Brothers again last night. Where is this going? It's not enough to, what if I want wings? Oh. The dad's going out, <laughs> gives him some money to get lunch. <laughs> what if I want wings? It's not enough, Dad. Yeah, that's a good movie. No power tools. <laughs> Can we turn our beds into bunk beds? <laughs> Don't say Shark Week. Everything. Okay. Oh, yeah. Why are you so sweaty? Message from Erin. <laughs> Hi, guys. I have an odd dead body story relating to the Footscray axe murderer oh. from the 40s. My grandparents owned the house next door to where it happened. <gasps> the one of the murder just Yes. <sighs> when I was a child, my dad used to jokingly threaten us the axe murderer would come <gasps> and get us if we didn't behave for them. We always believed it was a made-up story, but we just found out it actually happened. The weirdest part of it was that I unknowingly named my son <gasps> the same name as the baby who was killed. Oh, no. I've only just found out the details and my son is three years old. Stay safe, ladies. Kind regards, Erin. You can't change his name now. No. That's a bizarre Spooky. coincidence. Spooky. Yeah. Ooh, so Erin was like right there next to next to the murder house. Next to the murder house. Ooh, All right. Let's get some more feedbacks. Deb, many nice things, Chanel and Dee Dee. And Kirsten. I'm adding Kirsten in. I love ghost stories, and I'm especially happy when they are about returning relatives. Oh, yeah, okay. My Me- nan passed when I was 14 years old. I was mm-hmm. with my parents and their friends on a houseboat holiday mm-hmm. when the water police came and told us that our friend's father had died suddenly. I insisted that the police would be back to tell us that Nan had also died. My parents thought I was crackers until the police came back. Oh. I always had a connection with my nan. I felt her around me and always knew she hadn't gone far. Years later, I bought the family home from my parents and almost immediately started hearing footsteps that were unaccounted for. This happened any time, day or night. They were not just for me to hear. Friends would comment on them. And one babysitter actually rang me to ask me to come home because she thought the house had a ghost. My children would hear the footsteps and say hello to Nana, even though I had never spoken about her to them. Eventually, I went to a psychic who told me there was a lady in the room with us. She started to tell me about her, but suddenly began to turn blue and her speech became slurred. My nan had circulation issues and her speech was jumbled after a stroke she had years ago. It only lasted a little while, but it's clear in my mind. We taped the session and when I went home, I played the tape to a friend. While we were listening, a heartbeat started banging through the speakers that I was playing the tape through. It was eerie, but somewhat comforting at the same time. Nana stayed at the house with me until I moved to the country. Her visits are few and far between these days, but if I'm in trouble or upset, I can hear her footsteps wherever I am. I truly believe love has an energy that can't be denied. It continues with us. Mm. I look forward to hearing all the stories from others. Yours in Dead and Ghostly Things from Deb. That's funny because I went to, sorry I keep talking about it, but I went to the park. So I walked Harvey every single day at yeah. Boleyn Park. And I didn't go back for a long, long time because I thought it would make me cry. But when I got there, it made me so happy yeah. because everywhere I was, I could feel him sniffing there. and having a happy time. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. I love the ghost stories. Yeah, I told you, I think my good. house is haunted with Nico's dad. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. And because the dogs, it's the dogs. They they always, they they always, okay, so I think I've said this before, they always bark down the hallway. Yeah. 
But Barry has recently started doing this thing where he'll just get up off the couch if we're in the lounge room. He'll just get up off the couch, he'll walk through the kitchen and just go and sit in the middle of the hallway. You told us this. I told you this? It's weird. That he's been sitting there? Yep. For no reason? Yep. It's weird. Anyway. You should press a recorder. You reckon? See if you get crackles and things like, because sometimes you get noises on your recorder. Like Mm -hmm. just record air and just see when you play it back, is there anything there? You might hear a ghostly voice. Reckon? Yep. Saying, marry Nico. He's better than you make him out to be. (laughs) On the podcast. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Just on my phone, you reckon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what they do on Ghost... What's it called? Ghostbusters. I Ghost know the one that you, you Ghost Hunters. Yes. Yeah. Okay, from Rebecca. Hi, lovely ladies. Okay, I'm binging here. As you can see, I am way behind. Just a quick thing about song lyrics. Oh. I'm thinking it is a sign I listen to too many true crime podcasts when for the past six months or so I've been singing along to a Keith Urban song called Parallel Lines and sincerely thinking the lyrics and sincerely thinking the lyrics were and singing loudly, oh, put our hearts in a barrel of lime. <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about that yeah. song lyrics? Like yeah, I, when, I think when you think that they're – they're wrong. Like yes. when you sing them and they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course, my adult daughters think this is hilarious, but <laughs> not unexpected. Lol. So back to my binging. Thank you for all your awesomeness. Put our hearts in a barrel of lime is very murderous. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like it. I love it. Thank you. I'll do one more. Because what are we up to, Kirst? How long? Ooh, 29. <laughs> Oh, it's short, but that's all right. I'm really hungry. Fucking <laughs> hell. It's like 100. Are you going to just... have for lunch? Yep, there's pastrami in there. And pastrami Casey, with what? Do you what? want a pastrami sandwich no, with mayonnaise? No, I'm fine. I actually have to go and buy some cured meats after this. Okay, Yum. mayonnaise. Uh, also, I've got, I've got a huge leg of lamb. It's going to go in the oven and slow roast. All right. <clears throat> Hi, Dee Dee, Chanel, and of course, Kirsten. Nice yes. things, nice things. I'm an o- OG listener. What's oh, an o- original. Original gangster. Yeah. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> Is that how you young kids talk? Yeah, I love OG. It. All right. Yeah. Uh, been listening since day one. Love it. Thank you. Who's this from? Ben. This is from Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I've been listening to true, a true crime podcast for a long time, and I just wanted to see if you'd heard of the Toy Box Killer. Oh, no. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Okay. What else did he say? Uh, it's hands down the most disturbing killer I've ever heard of, and the things that he did I can never unhear. <gasps> okay. Anything against kids I really struggle with, but this one takes the cake. The Toy Box Killer. The Toy Box Killer. You got killer. it? Yeah. You can I take that one. Wrote a little note. Anyway, just wanted to say love the pod and keep it up. <laughs> anyway. There's P.S. P.S. You make a note of that one. Uh, P.S. Chanel is definitely a Karen. No. <laughs> Terry's a flog. <laughs> and my doodle floats, Ben. Uh-huh. Terry's not a flog. Oh. Terry, oh, Terry was the one that didn't want us to interrupt when we got the... Terry Bell, which is yes. here. And look who the next message came in from. You can read that one. From Terry. Terry Bell Terry. <laughs> I haven't given you guys away. Remember we said the other a few apps back that we thought he might have left us. us. Thank God you still have the Terry Bell. It's been needed at times. Love you guys. Take care, all three of you. And then he did three bells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I need to clarify, Karen. I'm not racist, but... A Karen's racist. 
Yeah, yeah. Karens are oh, racist. Oh, I didn't know they were racist. Yeah, Karens oh. are racist. Oh. Okay. Um, but I get like, I will say what I think if I see something, but I'm oh. the opposite to a Karen. Like, if I see someone not wearing a mask when this is mandatory, yep. I'm going to say something. But it'll come out like this. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I'm Can't. that kind of Karen. I'm Karen for the good. And here's – okay. I wore a mask the other day to the shops, and I would say of the 200 people that I saw, there were maybe a handful that were wearing oh, masks. So but I've, it, I thought it was just me, but Kirsten's had this happen too. Kirsten, can you tell Shana what happens when we wear masks? Oh, it's horrible. So you, you're sort of breathing out through your mouth, and you yeah, get this, disgusting. like, condensation, and it comes yeah. up your nose, and it just, like, yeah. thaws out all your rock-hard boogers, and then you get this runny nose. Do you get that? Oh, I hadn't experienced that, but I definitely feel unfit because I feel like I'm out of breath quite quickly. Mm, breathing you like get hot used air. to that, I think. But it's, so, um, Kirsten is a doctor. Yes. yes. She's not really, but because she's made a couple of medical um, assessments and I'm yep. now going with it. But I, I hadn't thought about that, Kirsten, but that's what it is. It would be the warm air. It's like how you get... You can also smell your own breath and it's quite disgusting. Oh. Yeah, you probably need to... <laughs> Brush your teeth. Not getting fresh brush air all teeth. the time. Yeah. I brush my teeth. But... Well, I've been using one of the medical ones. So they're just like the papery. Oh, yeah. No, but I've, I've... I've got a proper one. Which... I have a proper one. But the proper one that I've a been cloth given. Ones. Mine's a cloth one. But the proper one that I've been given has got a strap that goes around the back of your head, which oh, I find uncomfortable. No. I'd rather have it hook over my yeah, ears. Yeah, no, mine's instead. just a cloth one that's made by some company, Cloth Mask Me, I think it's called I think in Melbourne. Been... And here's a, um, somebody uh, rang the other day, or I can't think where it was. It might have been. Uh, um, anyway, a message came into the show, which I thought was a good idea of get some baby wipes, dry them out, yeah. and use that as a liner for your mask. Oh, and that way you can just fling it out, out at the end of the day. And also you get that nice baby smell. smell. Mm. Yeah, good yeah. idea, huh? Because it's gross. Love it. Well, that's our humble podcast, episode 100, 100 which apparently is Congratulations, Kirsten. Congratulations, Chanel. Thank uh, you. Fantastic oh. journey. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Congratulations, listeners. Are you the guys OG ones. Party? Yeah, we are. You're not invited. Yeah, it's just me, me, Chanel, and Basma and Sabrina. Stop having fun without me. <laughs> Where are Basma and Sabrina? It feels I weird know. not having them they've for episode 100. Us. I think they've moved on. Yeah, they've grown up and matured and moved on. Okay. Here we are. Oh, well, congratulations, girls. I'm glad we still do this. I love Same. it. I love it. Same. Do the email. No, I'm not going to do it. No, everyone knows it. Tony says it in a second. Have a listen. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.